Welcome, everyone, to episode three. Yeah, this should be number three. Technically three. There's obviously the other unofficial ones before. What number episode do you think we'll get to when we, we'll just stop saying When we break number? up? Oh. Um, or that. <laughs> I don't know. This can't go on forever. At some point, we'll just say, welcome to the next episode. We forgot the number. Yeah. Welcome to the next episode, just like Dr. Dre said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. 70? That'll be the... All right, you guys hold us accountable. We're going to say the number every time until we get to episode 70. Accountability partners, thank you so much. Yeah, that's what we call that's what we call our listeners. You know how some podcasts have nicknames for their listeners? Yeah. Ours are just our accountability partners. <laughs> that's pretty good. Also, What's uh, up accountability partners? Aaron and Andrew here, episode 3. You no worries if naughty naughty boys. Yeah, not that, yeah, but uh, wow. something in that vein. Should we start over? No. <laughs> okay, we're already here. This is our fourth try of starting this. I'm, that made me sweat so much. I regret saying that. Great, but we're not deleting it because this is raw. This is real. This is us. Your computer doesn't have that much memory for us to do it this many times. <laughs> I know. How's, um, how's, how's your week been going, dude? Uh, week's been pretty good. Um, you know, still Brooks and Dunning. You're hard. still listening to that song? I same had, song? I had a moment of weakness. Yeah, same song. I listened to it. What do you think? Oh, li- you texted me. I liked it. <laughs> You're listening to Neon Moon. Sad. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two adjectives I used. Um, I found out because I was at a uh, you know little Fourth of July gathering, mm-hmm. as any good patriot was, um, and they gave me the aux cord. I started playing Neon Moon and some old country. We had a great time. My friend Ashley is opening a store, and she was like, "Oh, I love this song. I am getting a neon sign made that says there's always room here for the lonely,' <laughs> which is part of the song." And I was like, "That is." Incredible, and she already was doing that. No, she is doing that. Yeah, before before you... my obsession. Uh, so I, I, ooh, I had a dark moment where I was like, should I get my first tattoo tonight? Of that, of that. Say it again. There's always room here for the lonely. Where on your body would you have that tattooed? That's yeah. That's a good. That's a good question. I don't know. Where would be the most and least appropriate place? <laughs> <laughs> we can don't Let's, have to talk yeah, about I think that. We can, you guys can picture that on any part of Aaron and mm-hmm. then decide whether you think it's. Why don't we vote uh, in the comments about no, where no, no. you would like any, Aaron any Photoshop to get. artists out there? Just go nuts. Who knows? Um, but no, that was that was fun. And then the thing that really kind of ruined my week, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely ruined my Fourth of July. It ruined my Fourth of July every year. Is Joey Chestnut, hot dog guy, hot dog guy. Yeah. He's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Yeah, like a monster in a good way. Like he no, 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 no. Why is that good? Why, why is that good? It's like the same as like good athletes being really good at their sports. It's like, wow, I can't believe humans are capable of that. That's awesome. That, that guy, think what he's capable of. He ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of pounds. That's awesome. That's, uh, what's your dog's name? Ozzy. Oh, he could just... Just... Ozzy could eat a lot gulp. of hot dogs. Not that many. No, he could. Oh, you're saying that Joey Chestnut could eat Ozzy. He could gulp Oz. Yeah, Ozzy's only, only 25 pounds. How long do you think hot dogs, 
everyone likes a hot dog every once in a while, you know, most people. Uh, but if you have like three, you're like, this is gross. What, what about when Joey Chestnut realizes he can eat other stuff? You're worried that he's going to get bored with hot dogs and be like, what, what else would be a good thing to yeah. eat a lot of? Yeah. He's like, oh, real cute son you have there. Oh, you think he'll move on from regular food and into the stuff fact, we care about? The fact that he can? Like he he can fit. do that. You can't do that. I can't do that. I'm just saying, no one man should have all that power to quote Kanye. So you're worried that Joey Chestnut is going to eat one of your loved ones? Look, he, he's the only guy that can. No, that shouldn't be a fear. But like a lot of animals could too. I feel like it's more reasonable to be afraid of a hippopotamus. But a hippopotamus is not really among us like Jeff. Exactly. Like, like Joey Ch- Chestnut. Jeff is. Chestnut, yeah, his brother. He is among us, which makes it so frightening. I know. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like that everyone's like, Fourth of July, this guy dips a lot of soggy hot dogs in water and eats them. And I think it's so a terrible So you think as tradition. a country, we're a little too accepting, a little too comfortable around a guy that's capable of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I'm starting the movement to cancel the nut. Ch- Joey Chestnut. Yeah, but the nut for you sure. You call him the nut. I call him the nut. I've, if you follow me online, you've already seen it, but... That's taken over my brain. Uh, this Fourth of July and every Fourth of July since I've, since he's been doing his his sick sick trick. Well, are you only afraid of him? There's a lot of people capable of eating a lot of hot dogs. Are you afraid of the whole group or just the one, just him because he's in first place and gets the most attention? He's the first. He's the scariest one. That's like uh, if now I'm if afraid scared, of all of them. I'm afraid of all the competitive eaters because I think they're gonna eat my dog. Oh shoot! If they oh if they teamed up, you and I could be gone. They could just form their own country. Oh, we would be gone yeah oof okay i mean our country has like guns and stuff could probably get them before they ate everybody right i just think it's like a per it's a scary movie it's a pro pro gun podcast it's a terror that is a terrifying setup for a scary movie i think yeah joey chestnut man eater yeah no thanks do you do scary movies i don't i know you know this i every scary movie movie i've ever seen is because aaron tricked me into watching it you made me watch Hereditary. Yeah, and Midsummer. We, we saw that. I theaters. still think about the all of that movie. Do not watch Hereditary. This is the opposite of a recommendation. It's a it's a perfect film if you um, want to watch it. Midsummer, I liked more, but still hated. Um, I don't like any, <laughs> but I have been reading. I just started reading Stephen King books. Cause I, okay, because I'm just a little too comfortable before going to bed. So that, I'm like, why don't <laughs> I get myself nice and scared? Give myself some real crazy dreams. That's I'm, a gateway drug to horror movies. Yeah, I'm reading Pet Cemetery right now. Uh-huh. I've and seen both films. So far, uh, the family just seems really happy and everything's going well. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's the whole book. It stays like that. That's the whole book of Pet Cemetery. Um, but before that, the reason I started reading Stephen King is because I decided I want to start reading more because uh, I, uh, I have a weak vocabulary, mm-hmm. I think. And as a comedian, I would like to have a more voluptuous vocabulary. Is voluptuous or is it voluptuous? And so okay. I started. Uh, <laughs> I started reading. I was like, "What would be the most fun thing to start reading?" I started reading Agatha Christie novels. That is on brand. They no, are it's not. from the 1930s okay. mostly, and they are delightful. The most fun, easy to read, brain stimulating because they're murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. So, like the whole first part is they just introduce a bunch of characters, and the rest of the book you're just like, "Which one of these guys or women did it?" and it's a lot of fun. I read five of them in the past two months. But then I was like, what other very famous, well-known authors have I never given a chance? And I was like, I was at the bookstore, and I was like, all right, Stephen King, you're next. What, is, what have you read of Stephen King? Is that not a massive jump in um, intensity? Yeah, I skipped over a lot of authors to get from Agatha Christie straight to <laughs> yeah. Stephen King. Um, but I starting with Pet Cemetery, 
Mm-hmm. I also bought okay, one, so of that's his, your first one. one of his books of short stories that I read some of the short stories, but God. Uh, so yeah, so next, I don't know who will be next. Uh, yeah, Mark Twain. Never really given him a shot. That's just such a weird, a weird Agatha Christie. I only want to read Twain? books. I'm only going to read books by authors that I've heard of. Mm, smart. Yeah. So that's my strategy. I hope people um, don't just listen to podcasts of podcasts that they've heard of. Yeah. So I'm just so most of this podcast from now on is just going to be me listing the stuff that I've read. I hope that's okay with you, you with you accountability partners out there. Um, <laughs> but let's get down to business. I, we gotta, hope, we gotta, I hope that doesn't stick. Aaron, we got to pay the bills. We do. We got to pay, pay the bills. bills. So we have an advertisement for you guys. Um, Aaron, I think you've got this one. I do. Yeah, I would love to talk about uh, this company. This episode of No Worries is not good. To start start so bad. This episode of No Worries if not is brought to you by Foam Depot. Everyone loves foam, and boy, do we have a lot of it to sell. Full disclosure, we used to sell software, but our intern, Mitchell, made a pretty huge mistake on an order form, and we now have over 75% of the world's foamiest foam. Yikes! Whatever. Foamiest foam. We'll do this now. Foam has many useful functions. Stuff a pillow. Create a soft-slash-foamy landing space for your rebellious son's skateboard ramp. Insulate your house. We don't care. Just please buy some of our stuff. We are in big trouble over here. I'm neck deep in foam. As I type this, and I don't have much time left, I'm seriously begging you. We have so many foam fingers. We can do foam feet, any body part you want, really. Full foam body suits. Just please, 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 we will give it to you for free. No promo code. Just bring your truck. Foam Depot, please help. Thanks, Foam Depot. Thanks, we Foam Depot. It. Hope you're doing okay. Sounds like a pretty drastic situation over there in yep. the office. Yep, thoughts and prayers to everyone at Foam Depot. You got this. Um, another huge piece of news that I need to share with everyone mm-hmm. is we have an Instagram. Yeah. Because we're kind of building this plane as we're flying, you know what I mean? Uh, we made it like last week. And there's, I think, 80 followers, which is great. Thank you. You're the early adopters. You're the real ones. But everyone mm-hmm. else, if you want to follow over there, that's well, where we'll be posting, uh, you know, all the... The goodness, <laughs> all our sweet we, we're, we're figuring it out. All right, we're going to be yeah. doing video here shortly. We got the studio set up. We're going to be talking about our guests. Uh, we're also going to be trying to crowdsource some feedback. Like, what do people want to hear? That's where we're going to be doing all the no worries if not. Hey, Aaron, specific what's stuff. the Instagram handle they can follow? Oh, thanks, guy in the room. It's N W I N, which stands for No Worries If Not Podcast. So Love at N W I N Podcast, mm-hmm. come hang out. And we'll talk podcast stuff, and we'll be accountability partners. Is, there, is that a thing now? We'll send, we'll send you a foam finger. Yes. We are drowning in the foam fingers. Yeah, we're trying to really help out our sponsors by taking some of those on. Um, yeah, so eventually we'll be doing video podcasts um, and start posting more yeah. video type stuff. But for now, we'll be letting you know which guests to get excited about and all that kind of stuff. Speaking of, today's guest, mm, five stars. Love that guy. Good friend, um, an Atlanta comedian um, who is maybe the most impressive, like has had the most impressive life of any of my comedian friends. Yeah. Um, impressive in a lot of ways. He is, he has his life put together more than any of our comedian friends, I should say. That's true. Um, he attended Dartmouth University. We Big learned. deal. Uh, heard of it. Um, he was one of the first 250 employees at Facebook. He's rich. For sure, Rich. I have been to his house. Can't confirm. Oh, wow. Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> um, also, a hilarious stand-up comedian. He just got off the road um, opening for some really cool bands, which we will talk about. Um, 
What else about Paul? Just a hilarious, really fun, cool guy with lots of interesting stories and interesting parts of his life. Um, he's got a great podcast called Crazy Money. Yep. He's also written a book, and, uh, and we really like him a lot. Yeah, so please enjoy this conversation with Paul Ollinger. No worries if not. Paul Ollinger, how's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. Anybody ever call you Pollinger? <laughs> My good buddy Rod Peterson calls me Pollinger. All right, well, I'll find What's up, Pollinger? How yeah. are you today? Just the, the instant rhyme, Paul Ollinger? I don't think my parents were thinking it through when they when they named me. <sighs> like Jenny Jennings, our friend? That's yeah. cuter. That's it's way cuter. It's a strong name. I yeah. mean, they definitely had to see that one coming. No, they were like, who's Pope? We'll name, we'll, we'll pick that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's the name. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Paul. Comedian, friend. We met at Laughing Skull. I don't know if you remember when we met, but I thought you were like a famous comedian because I had no idea what I was doing and you were in the green room that usually, <laughs> you know... New comedians were not allowed in, right. and I was like, "Oh, this guy, this the guy's being really nice to me, and I'm pretty sure he's like a huge deal." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the first day we met. I can't say that, but uh, here I am, whatever, six years later, and um, still in that green room. Still in that green room. <laughs> I get that vibe. I totally. I probably thought that too, because backstage at Laughing Skull is just everyone is so nervous. Half the people are. Well, it depends on the show, but if you're doing like the open mics, like that's oh, yeah. where people go to try. Like they're yeah, just yeah. terrified. Yeah, and you got the, you know, what you're doing. And if, you, if you've never seen Paul, please go look him up. Go look uh, me up. He's, you give me confidence about me losing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, really, you really do. Like, I'm going to shave my head in a couple years, and I'm like, Paul's got... If you haven't seen Paul, he looks like a, like a damp Jason Statham, <laughs> which is a huge compliment. You know, you're yeah. not quite there, but like you're almost... Which da- is great. A, da- a damp one. You know what I mean? That's probably just a little what, thicker. Just hasn't gotten to the gym in a while. A little swampy. <laughs> for Jason Statham, not for a normal guy. I'm, so, I'm sweating. I'll right take, now, dude. I'll take Jason Statham all day long. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to have a uh, decently shaped melon. That's why you arrived early. You drive like Jason Statham. That's and it. Y- yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm here in my. Uh, my 900 horsepower Mustang, custom built Mustang. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, bro. Pretty sweet. Yeah, we'll post a picture of that later for you guys. Uh, Paul, has you have such an interesting journey into stand-up, and I, this feels like I'm a radio host interviewing you before your weekend of shows right now. Right. Paul, your interesting journey into stand-up, why don't you tell us a little bit tell, about tell, that? How do you feel about cantaloupes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we heard your bit on YouTube about cantaloupes. Why don't you do that for us right, right now with no right, audience? Right. Yeah. So you have no new uh, material for the crowd this weekend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, please do your best joke in the promotion for the show. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Mm-hmm. And then everybody can mouth it with you. That's right. Um, but you were in the tech industry, Silicon Valley. You worked for Facebook. What? I did. I, did. <laughs> I mean, I just want to hear about that. What was you were one of first Facebook's first 250 employees? Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, Lord of the Flies with stock options. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was, I was, I, I was, uh, I had worked for Yahoo, and then I did did comedy for a couple of years. I'll go back all the way to the beginning. Like, I went to business school because I wanted to make more money. And uh, it became pretty clear very quickly that I was not one of the smarter people at business school. Mm-hmm. And I, and, but, but I was one of the funnier people. And I was asked to host a talent show. And I told jokes in front of the 
two classes of business school students. Don't cough during my story. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I told jokes at a talent. I sorry. I, I I told jokes at a talent show. I felt this huge. I was just making fun of my friends, and I felt including Rod Peterson, who calls me Paul. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just had this huge wave of laughter. You know, like I felt that experience for the first time, and I was like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. Oh yeah. But I had eighty thousand dollars in student loans in nineteen in, ni- <laughs> in nineteen ninety seven. That's like you know almost twice that now. So I was Wait, like, where did you go to school? Dartmouth. Okay, there it is. Heard so, of it. This news is going to be a big one. So I was like, I think I need to get a job. So I got a job in the internet business, and I said, you know, if I ever, I need to pay off my loans, and if I ever save money, I'll, I'm going to go do stand up comedy. And that happened eventually after like eight years of work. And uh, so I quit my job, and I happened to meet the guy that ran the improvs out in California, and he invited me out to LA to host at his comedy clubs every weekend. And I did that for two years. And then I got engaged to my wife. And I thought, you know, I'm not really on the path to fame and fortune just yet in this comedy thing. And I don't want to be a deadbeat husband slash dad. So I think maybe I should get a job again. And um, about that time, a friend of mine from Yahoo called. I had worked at Yahoo for four years. And it was a great company, and that helped me pay off all my loans. Did I say that? I'm repeating yeah. myself. I'm, I'm not even drunk. I'm repeating myself. Yeah, if you guys don't know what Yahoo is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, a, a message board from 1992. Right. No, uh, so, I, so then I went, I, so, so about that time, I got a call from a buddy of mine I worked with at Yahoo, and he said, would you be interested in joining this company as a salesperson in LA? And that company was Facebook, and my wife asked me if, it would, if I thought it would get big, and I said, honey, someday it could be as big as MySpace. Oh, Even as big. Sw- I promise you, I promise you that is something true that I said. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> when? What year was that? That was in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay, cool. So that's it's been around a couple of years. It had been opened yeah, to high been, school and college. Exactly, so yeah, it opened up. I think it was September of '06. It opened up to yeah. people not in not, without a .edu email address, and that's I got on. I don't know a few months after that because my buddies were working there, running the sales team, and eventually I joined too. What about your, did you interact much with the Zuck? I met Zuck on a dozen occasions and spoke to him an average of, you know, 12 words each time. Yeah. Is he as just lively as he seems? Well, his element is uh, talking about the future of, of technology. Where I saw him most animated and really most compelling was we'd have these Friday all hands and he would sit there and talk about the future of technology, which was mind blowing. Yeah. You know, back then before they had Facebook Connect and, you know, you'd use your Facebook credentials to log on to all these other sites, that sounded like a fantasy world to me. Right. You know, and the ability to... Str- I remember watching, uh, I'm going to hope I get this right, the Obama inauguration in 08, streamed live with all my friends from high school and grade school's comments running live next to it. And I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. You know, like that didn't exist before. People didn't have their real names on social networks. You know, it was like... Right, it Don- such a bad donut reputation. girl, thirty-seven. You know, like oh yeah, I was yeah. fly for a white guy, eight, eight, nine. <laughs> what were you, what was it? Fly for a white guy, eight, eight, nine. <laughs> and I was not allowed to be on any of that stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, because back then, internet, like meeting people on the internet in any way, was, everybody was just like, "Well, that's probably a pedophile." Oh, it was no all to what. catch a predator. Everything is bad. P- well, people said that this is, you know, nobody will do this. Nobody's going to use their real name on the internet. Yeah, well, Zuck proved right. them wrong. Nobody's going to, you know, connect, po- post a picture of themselves, right, or their kids, or the old people will never join Facebook. Yeah, no way. You know, now the, the only way, and, and then it, it came to pass that the only way people saw pictures of their grandkids was on Facebook. 
That's yeah, why my true. mother-in-law joined Facebook. That makes sense. And I'm sure if it was an all-hands meeting and you're doing sales, hearing from the founder every Friday and he's casting vision that strongly, it was probably... Yeah, it was... And, and, kind, of, know, kind of culty in a cool way. Well, it was, it was, definitely, <laughs> it was definitely culty and it was in a cool way. Um, that cultiness sort of shook out in some less positive ways mm-hmm. in the company, especially back then when they didn't quite have their revenue model worked out and they thought that the whole thing about you know from the social network where you know ads aren't cool that was a very real thing the yeah. advertising team there was there was no real advertising pro they didn't have a lot of emphasis on adver- advertising products or much at all until after the ipo crapped the bed can i say crapped you can say crap please okay, crap. say it so much I'll, I'll mute it but yeah yeah we're gonna believe uh, it yeah so so the so this so at that point um that was 2012 and I'd, I'd left the company already but at that point they got serious and now they've built some of the most incredible ads in the history of advertising and I know how much you guys like ads so. I love ads we do. Yeah, we thank, should, you. In, thank you for recognizing let's that. integrate the discussion of LaCroix uh, lemon <laughs> sparkling water that we're drinking while we're recording this podcast love that LaCroix hit us up yeah. um, I'm curious because you were involved with Facebook so early on and they tried so many different things mm. like features mm-hmm. what were things that you had to sell that you're like this isn't it were there those things well you know they they had the the, the early version of the facebook connect I, I think i can't remember the name of it remind me what facebook connect is like, so I, facebook I connect is the fact that you're going to use your credentials so that you're going to you're going to use your facebook account to connect to say uh ll bean since i'm hip i'm going to throw out a fashion brand the bean. that, that yeah. the kids love that you could that that, that a an action you take on ll bean would then report, be reported as an activity on facebook so that i paul bought a new pair of yeah, yeah, duck yeah. boots you know shows up i'm showing both my age and my fashion sense mm-hmm. here shows up in your news feed as an action item uh, and and there was an early version of the product that 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 got trash from both a um, a lack of, of understanding of people's privacy and, and, and a lack of appreciation of people's privacy. I meant those as two separate things. So, so like, for example, somebody bought an engagement ring for his fiance mm-hmm. and that showed up on, you know, his newsfeed as like, you know, Joe bought a new ring from Zales. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and is, in, you know, thus somewhat, you know, uh, uh, could uh, see how that would be a problem. Minimizing the surprise, shall yep. we say? Mm-hmm. So, so there were early versions of these things that, that Facebook would push out really hard on the privacy front and then, um, and then the world would push back and they'd go, okay, we're going to work on this feature and, and bring it back. And inevitably, they were right most of the time. And in fact, when, and this was before I got there, and it's probably not what we want to talk about, but, but the early, before Newsfeed started, Facebook was just a series of profile pages. So if I wanted to know what Aaron was up to, I had to go to Aaron's profile page. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to know what Andrew was up to, I had to oh, proactively yeah. think, I got to go to Andrew's page, see what's up. Right. And then they put Newsfeed in, which aggregated all the activity of all my friends in an algorithmically ranked way. Um, and people freaked out. And there was only like 6 million users of Facebook at the time. Jeez. And a million of them joined a group called Make Facebook Take Down Newsfeed. And you, <laughs> do you know how they found out about that group? Through newsfeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thus demonstrating the efficacy of the product. Our and group so, is growing so fast. What did we do? Yeah, like, I think wild. it's the thing we're protesting, and, right? And so, from like from like the earliest days, Facebook was pushing the limits of privacy and people's notions of what was appropriate on the internet. Yeah, and and in the vast majority of cases, they've proven to have invented things that people had no idea they wanted. Absolutely. In, well, the, in, in the Jobsian way. Right. Well, every time there's a Facebook interface change where it's like, oh, the homepage looks different now, everybody right. freaks out mm. and says, we don't like the new way. Go back to the old yep. way. 
Yeah. And then two weeks later, no one remembers. Right. <laughs> right. Your brain fixes it. It stops mm. seeing the difference. Yep. And you're just in the new one. And uh, I mean, news feeds, everything is based on that. And that started with Facebook. I mean, as far as... That's what Twitter is, every, right? Yeah, like that's every what, app. Everything. You know. Well, you see, I mean, you know, people always talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, how Facebook co-ops all the other functionality of other, of other, of TikTok, of, of Clubhouse most recently. Um, but, but look at what they've done to normalize news feeds in every other you know, uh, uh, internet property. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Like we invented the thing that you're all just doing a different version of. So mm-hmm. maybe we will steal mm-hmm. a few ideas here and there. Right. Yeah. I, I do this thing where I black out and forget we're doing a podcast because I just have questions. So yeah. I'm going to ask one more. Um, <laughs> I do this thing where I just black out. Yeah. yeah. And this might not be something you want to talk about and you might not, you might not have an answer here. Um, this reminds me of rabbit hole, which is a New York times podcast mm-hmm. where they, uh, go through a guy's like a, a white, a recovered white supremacist, um, I recovered. I don't know. He, he was like in hate groups. <laughs> Made a he got full out of recovery. Them. Yeah, but he turned over his search history to these journalists, and they went through and figured out how the YouTube algorithm just fed in more of the same stuff mm. and reinforced these like hateful ideas. Yeah. And then they talked to engineers at YouTube, and some of them realized like, hey, I think I'm building something that could be really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on at Facebook, was there anything like that where you're like, this is going to revolutionize the world, but also I'm terrified of it? For all the uh, former executives and engineers at Facebook that are now in this sort of public confession mode, right? Uh, I never heard any of that. Gotcha. Now, now I wasn't on the product side, so so, and, and these were very distinct world. The the business side, the sales side, and the product side were were church and state, really. And so, um, and I wasn't in Palo Alto either. I was in Los Angeles running the West Coast sales team from from the LA office. Um, so I wasn't involved in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Did they happen? I'm sure some people had them. They didn't probably have them in as public a way as some of these, you know, the, the engineers that have been there for two years now and now they're resigning publicly with, you know, I'm not going to work for the... It's like you weren't even there. You weren't even part of it. Yeah. Like you knew what Facebook was when you joined. So, so I wasn't involved in those conversations. I, they, they may have happened. They probably did. Honestly, I remember Zuck talking about the, uh, the all hands saying like, we're building an app to, to connect humankind. Mm-hmm. And to connect humankind. <laughs> I, could, I was just like, are we bigger than MySpace yet or not? Like, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, we got to take like, out Tom. Like, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're, we're like beating Yahoo. Right. And so I, you know, I'll admit, I, I didn't think terribly long term. I was thinking like, how do we, how do we, how do we, how does my team do their job more effectively given the realities in the marketplace, right? And when I started in 2005, the biggest players were Google and then Yahoo and MySpace, literally. And, and it's interesting that, you know, at the time, I think that Yahoo and, and MySpace might have had like 100 and 125 million monthly unique users, which was the metric you used to express your audience size. And so when we go to the advertising community, we say, we matter, we're big, right? And Mark was like, one of the reasons he didn't care about advertising, he's like, that, those are, these stakes are unbelievably small. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about building something that has never existed before. I'm not trying to do a better Yahoo. I'm trying mm-hmm. to change the world. And so, so I think he had very incredibly, I think, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say they were you know, altruistic, but I certainly don't think they were Machiavellian plans. Yeah. I, think oh, he wanted, sure. I think he wanted to try to create something that should exist that never existed before. Yeah. And, um, and, and I just couldn't get my head around that. <laughs> that is, I couldn't think that big. Yeah. Honestly. Totally. 
<clears throat> okay, so you were yeah. there for... Oh, go ahead. I was hoping you were going to say you were at 4th of July with him this oh, year. Oh, yeah, and we're, well, we're right, this weekend. Wakeboarding, over... and what is he? He was <laughs> on like baby, the... Sweet Baby Rays. The boatless wakeboard he was on, posted his video. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen those wakeboards that just have a motor and you don't have to be behind They're a like boat? They're like hovercrafts. Oh, yeah, hoverboards. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he posted a video of one of those. Uh, I forget what song was playing, but he was holding an American flag oh, as God. he, next, oh, as he rode wow. next to a boat. I'm not sure that's good for his brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm. He's, I mean, he's an interesting cat. I, again, I don't, I don't claim to know him, but you know, I find him to be a pretty fascinating individual. You know, for a year, he killed everything that he ate. Jeez. He wouldn't eat meat unless he killed it. So did he just? So he was vegetarian. No, <laughs> no, I, still, yeah, no. He actually he he, he literally slaughtered goats and lambs and cows and stuff, Gosh. which I think is a like a wild practice in accountability. I mean, yeah. it's not a tough leap to say that is super villain behavior. It, it is. Really I mean, is. it's it's okay, but but what's more evil? You know, like looking <laughs> looking your dinner in the eye or just pretending that that animal never was never alive. That's true. Like I, like I would never hurt an animal, but I've eaten several today. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> so, so where's the moral accountability there? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Zuck guy now. Big Zuck I'm, guy. I'm a vegan now, <laughs> actually. So, Sorry, I got a little yeah. tight on the mic there. It's okay. I make people laugh pretty hard. Uh, they... <laughs> so how no. did, uh, where did you go from there? Like, <clears throat> I still, I see a, um, a Fincher movie in my head when I think about Facebook. So I'm like, yeah. did they let you just walk out the door? Or oh, is there, yeah, like, they, did they follow yeah. you? Like, how did you get out? Yeah, they, no, they were, they, they really tried to keep me. They said, are you sure? <laughs> That's what they said. Uh, no, I, <laughs> Ooh, intense. Yeah. All right. What the short, the short story is that they asked me to move to Palo Alto to, 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 to be at headquarters. Mm-hmm. And I had moved around a whole lot in the, Oh, eight years since I graduated from business school, New York, LA, San Francisco, New York, LA. And when it came time to move again at, I was 42, I guess. And I was like, if I move, I'm going home. I'm putting down roots. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to move anywhere again unless I'm going to stay there. And, and home ho- is Atlanta. Home is Atlanta. I grew up here and my, my parents were here at, or they were going to come here and, and they were older and sick and I wanted to be a part of that. So, so, that, so I moved home. And didn't know what to do with myself. I and, and I had made a you know pretty pretty meaningful chunk of change. Yeah, how much? The stock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough is the answer to that question, yeah, yeah. Aaron. And uh, I was and, and but I didn't have the. I, I just was like, okay, I'm going to stop working because that's what you do when you don't when you have enough money and you don't have a plan. And I don't regret leaving the company. I regret leaving the company without a plan. Like always, be going towards something. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of didn't do much for a year or two, and then eventually I took another job. And worked there for a year and was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I've always wanted to be a stand I'd done stand-up comedy for two years. It went okay. I'd gotten much better. And I was like, my dream was not to be the president of a software company that, that, that manages social media ads. My dream is to be a writer and a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And I have enough money to chase my dream. And if I don't do that, I feel like I am, I am uh, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so... 2014, I started going to open mics and bombing and writing every day. That's when it happened. That's a really that story is very similar to my journey. Your journey from Facebook really mimics my journey from being a budget analyst for three years. I heard that was the career path of most comedians. Yeah. First budget analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook or budget analyst. Yeah, it's yeah, usually the right. it's the main two. Sure. And I chose budget analyst. Well, those are the feeder jobs for uh, for the open mics around Atlanta. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to let a job kind of beat you down. Right. To where you find 
the things that are funny. Yeah, because you, you, you didn't have much trauma growing up, so you had to make right. some with your. I did career. not have. I really. You, you sound sarcastic. I had such a good childhood. I tell my parents all the time. I'm just like, oh, if you guys had just like given me a little bit more challenges, if you guys had been worse parents, I'd be a better comedian. That's right. You know? That's right. I feel the same <laughs> way. My parents were were overwhelming, annoyingly stable and kind, and. uh so all the all the angst I have to draw from in my comedy is self created. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane. Jeez, I guys, made what? a lot of money. What do I do? Oh. <laughs> yeah, relatable problems. Exactly. No, I've 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 been uh, mocked for my lack of relatability from other comedians. You know, like uh, plenty of times in these eight years. Yeah, you got I me. Mean, you got a family. You seem happy. I'm pretty. For, I'm for for the grumpiest guy you've ever met. I'm pretty happy. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're also a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. Crazy Money Podcast. Crazy Money. Very yeah. cool. You've had big. The real reason we wanted to get you here is so we can try to figure out how to get as good a guest as you. Yeah, get, get your Rolodex. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Well, the the, the the thing, the, the number one thing you got to do is ask. Yeah. Right. It's it's incredible who will say yes to you when you say I have this podcast. Will you be on it? Yeah. And the, and the great. The, I was very lucky to get Dr. Drew Pinsky as one of my very. I think he was my second guest. Amazing. And. Uh, He's a good friend of uh, my my editor, Mike Carano, and um, so when I had him on there, th- that made it I think m- easier for subsequent guests to go like, well, if Dr. Drew's done this, I guess I could do it. And then I, and you know Ron Lieber from the New York Times, who writes the Your Money column for for the New York Times, was like my sixth or seventh guest, and so now I've got Dr. Drew and Ron Lieber, and then I've got Ed Roland from Collective Soul, and I start adding up some people, and all of a sudden it starts to look pretty legitimate. LL Cool J. He wasn't early. He was number one hundred. I got. 100. I, I I dangled the uh, the the one hundredth anniversary episode yeah. for for LL Cool J, but he was incredibly gracious and totally engaged and as cool as you'd think he would be. And you had that legendary one-two punch of LL Cool J, then Andy Stanley. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Paul had my dad on his podcast. So I figured that would come up. I you know they should have done a song together. While they they sh- I mean, can you imagine? That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. I, your, your dad was also a, a normal, enormously gracious and and really just incredibly thought. You know, it's not an accident that he's been so successful in building uh, a ministry. I mean, like he he he's just got a lot of really deep and practical thoughts about life and and i i found it to be a really engaging conversation i'm glad that you liked him he does <laughs> does he listen to your podcast no he's great yeah oh yeah my whole family's too supportive of this already ah, that's it's, hilarious uh, what feedback have you gotten uh they seem happy uh it's funny i was talking to my granddad today and he said uh i was listening to your podcast i heard where you mentioned that your grandparents were trying to figure out how to listen and just wanted to let you know that we did figure it out and we're listening. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. That's so nice. What, what, a, so, what, a, what a joy to come from such a family. We're focusing on family. non-relatives now, growing okay. the audience. Yeah, there's but, a uh, limit. I, even if I'm a Catholic, uh, or I was raised Catholic, so I'm from a Catholic family, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got 24 cousins on my dad's side. But oh, man. you know, on a cost per thousand basis, that's, that's still not enough people to, to, to generate ad revenue. Yeah, yeah, they, gotta ha- they gotta all have a bunch of kids that get to podcast listening age. Yeah, starts. What is, uh, what's the advice you have for us other than ask, shoot for the stars, slide uh, into the DMs? Uh, you know, keep doing it. That's the number one thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you put out a good episode, whatever, 48 weeks a year, and before you know it, you've got 100 episodes and, you know, a real quality back catalog. But you do it for the right reasons, too, because if you're doing this to get rich, the, the, the odds are not, uh, are not terribly uh, in your favor. Yeah. To get rich, it's there. There's 
two million podcasts, I think now. And even if, you know, three quarter, or even if 33% of them are dormant and, and, and 68% of the rest are mostly garbage, that's still hundreds of thousands of podcasts to oh, wade through. So find a niche, do it for the right reasons, and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. We're doing it for the right reasons, which is ad revenue eventually. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I think well, it's straight, you know, if, depending upon if you have a niche, like e- either a local niche or um, a, uh, a subject area interest niche. You know, somebody gave me the advice. It's like, look, if you could start a podcast on knitting, like you could do really well because it's not, you know, there's not millions of yeah, knitters. Knitting podcast is right, number one right, result. Right. I think you should do a podcast on townhomes near Jimmy John's. That yeah. would be my, <laughs> I noticed you're almost Jimmy John's adjacent as I was right across your, the street. Our that per- played a lot into my decision. Once I, we narrowed it down to a few places. That's high like, quality proximity, my friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes if the line gets too long, they just come <laughs> hang out at my house. <laughs> Maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you hand out your podcast cards to those waiting in line. Yeah, at, at outside Jimmy, Jimmy John's. Jones. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where Huge. they all come from. Uh, well, one of, you've accomplished a, a lot of stuff in your professional life. We wanted to talk about that, but stand up is what you do, what you love, and you've done a lot of stuff in that world too. Yeah. I mean, you've opened for a bunch of really cool people. You headlined mm-hmm. Caroline's mm-hmm. on Broadway, mm-hmm. but most recently. The big news, you just got off tour opening for the band Sticks yes. and Collective Soul. Yes. And I want to hear about how that came about and how it went. That's such a weird combo, just from the outside. The combo of Sticks and Collective Soul? Well, I'm just thinking about going to like a, a show to see them and then having a stand-up open. Like no, that's just... how most of the crowd felt. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was a whole lot of who? What? Yeah, we this, didn't pay for this. These are long announcements. What's going on? That's right. No, I, I think the idea is that, especially for outdoor shows, which these were, um, you know, the idea is welcome people in, bring them in, give them an opportunity to see that the show is starting. Yeah. Find your seat. Get, get ready. The, get the eyes get on the ready stage. For the, get ready for the music show for yeah, what you yeah, paid yeah. for. That's the best thing as a stand up comedian where you're doing your dream and people are trying to find their seats. Yeah. Well, you know, I saw G- I saw uh, Jim Jeffries at the Buckhead Theater a few years back, and he's a monster and he's amazing. But I remember going to see him and and walking in during his his opener, and like half the crowd wasn't seated. And I'm like, wow, how is this guy doing? This? I can't believe he was up there already. The op- I, I, he was doing two shows in an evening, and both yeah, he was wow. doing like two hour shows, and he did two in a night. And the guy murdered. But yeah. the point being is, like, I just remember watching the opener going, like, that is not an ideal situation. Oh, you walked into the opener was going. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Jim Jeffries was already up there. And I was like, he is already up there. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, that's whatever. Yeah, the great. opening act for one of those big names is almost always people just coming in. Right. And it's like, it's, it's great to say that it's great. It, it's a great resume builder, mm-hmm. credibility builder. But, you know, the, the, the actual set isn't designed for comedic success. The, the circumstances of, of the of, of of where you show up, it's as they say, it's a bullet spot. Sure, you know, yeah. So, but it was fun, man. I mean, it was really really fun. I've never, you know, I have never performed in front of seven thousand people before. Yeah, yeah. Even if even if most of them weren't in their seats and they, they weren't exactly <laughs> thrilled to to hear me or my my silly jokes, uh, how, but how, it was fun. You, man. How did you, that come about? Like, how did? Oh, it came about so. Um, so I opened for Collective Soul for three shows okay. in March at the Roxy as the world was reopening. And so But how did they 
I mean, a giant rock band. Like, yeah. How did they connect with you? Okay. They thought that would be good for the show. So Ed know. Roland is a friend. Okay. So our kids are big, big buddies. I know Dean. I know Dean is Oh, brother. you know Dean? Yeah. Dean? He did yeah. some music videos for a side band. Oh, did you? Magnus really? and Ghost. Oh, yeah. cool. We had fun on the bus. Dean's a sweet guy, man. He's a really cool dude. He's so hot. Oh, my God. He's hot. He's the hot oh. of the band. But Jesse Triplett. I can only imagine. Pretty handsome, That's too, in a different true. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, as, as our Johnny Rob, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> Johnny Rab and Will Turpin. Yeah, I just sure. have to put that out there. Yep. You guys are both really handsome. Um, <laughs> it came about because Ed, our, uh, Ed and my sons are buddies. We, we spent a lot of time together and we did a show together in Park City uh, back in the spring and he said, why don't we do this in Atlanta? And then their manager was at the show, uh, at, the, at the shows at the Roxy and said, why don't we do this? Or Between Ed and, and the manager, Charlie Briscoe, uh, said, why don't we bring this on the road with Sticks this summer? And St- he's also Sticks manager, and that's probably how that that lineup got put together. Yeah. But I do think it was a good, like from a rock perspective, is like kind of quality mainstream rock from two different eras, like the early slash mid '80s and the mid '90s. Right. Just slightly separated from by generationally. True. That's awesome. My um, my one Dean story. Uh, <laughs> this is when I mean I was probably 23, 24. His bandmate Ryan Potesta had produced a couple of my friends' music. I was good friends with him. Um, got them to come out with us one time at Pool Hall in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. And Dean walked in. I wanted to be Dean. I don't know. I was like, you know, we worked together. But I was still like, he's in Collective Soul. That's cool. Like, little starstruck. <laughs> right. I went over to the DJ who I knew, and I was like, Dean from Collective Soul's here. Play oh, Shine. No, no. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's it's... You know, it's like college kids in there and they're right. like dancing to like Tipsy by Jaquan and he like turns it off and turns on Shine mm-hmm. and Dean is just like why why would you ever <laughs> why do would that? you do this to me <laughs> yeah and everyone's like what is going on and they just stood there and waited for the song to end and they move on to the next one hey uh, did you hear that we did your song did you was, hear that I had you know two to ten beers I don't it was bad it was it was <laughs> I still think about that I get embarrassed I haven't thought about it in a long time but I'm thinking about it now and I'm sweating well everybody in the band is is uh uh, more a little bit more grown up today than uh, they were twenty year, twenty five years. Ago. I would assume I didn't know them then. I right, right. know them now. But it, the, the, the 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 I think the thing I'll remember most about the the tour, and it was eight cities over ten days. The cities were like uh, Jackson, Mississippi, South Haven, Mississippi, Kansas City, Lincoln, Nebraska, Louisville, Kentucky. This wasn't San Francisco and New York City. Right, right. yeah. Um, but the logistics of putting on a tour are, are pretty amazing. Like, you know, first night, took an Uber out to Alpharetta to the amphitheater there, threw my bags in the bus, did the show, got on the bus, had a couple of beers, went to sleep on a bus, and then woke, you know, woke up in a parking lot in South Haven, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you do that like 10 days in a row. It's just bizarre. Yeah, you just drive all through the night, you wake up at the next place. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and then... and and. And then you know you wake up and it's eight o'clock in the morning and the uh, the they're throwing up the all the equipment for both bands on this stage and you're just like you have breakfast and some coffee and you're yeah. like I go on in ten hours <laughs> right and you're just yeah what now <laughs> yeah you don't really practice sound check there's a mic work all right I'm good yeah, do you right. guys have my microphone yeah that is wonderful. yeah I was I was uh, yeah, I, I I knew my role I, I'd say if I did one thing well on the tours knowing my 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 role mm-hmm. that goes a long way which is stay out of the way yeah. Just, <laughs> Be grateful and stay out of the Paul way. Paul was easy. Easy yeah, to dude, be around and not in the way. That's 100%. You, yeah. That is, that was, those were my mantras. Now, the next time we do it, I'm going to have a very specific writer, and yeah. it's going to be, you know, B 
big time dressing room drama and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. want a top bunk this time? Okay. Oh, I had a top bunk. Okay, so you're yeah, glad. you don't want the top bunk. Top bunks sway more on the road. Yeah, I guess that's take true. turns. Right, yeah. and like you're a bigger dude. You're six two, right? Yeah. Getting up there, I did one bus tour, and I, I realized that early on. Second weekend, I was like, put me on the ground so I can just right. roll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this was this was the worst thing in the world. This was a uh, like the rap party for the tour I was on. Um, doing stand-up, opening for a comic, and one of our sound guys went a little too hard. Mm. Uh, <laughs> way too hard. I mean, everyone was chill, and he was just kind of bouncing off the walls. Right. And everyone knew that, and so we're like, all right, let's just get everyone to bed. So we go to bed. Um, I Which, describe that bed <laughs> situation for the people that might not know. It's a casket. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, so it's a row. It's like a little hallway. With beds on both sides, just going up three tall. Up three tall, and there's two like f- two two rows of three, so twelve yeah. bunks. It depends on the layout of the bus, but yeah. the, the, there were twelve bunks with one larger, small room in the back. Right. right. So middle of the night, I was like, I have to tinkle. So right. I <laughs> I roll out of bed, and I'm like, hmm, this feels wet. The ground feels very wet. Oh, uh, so no. you know you have your shoes like tucked in there. So yeah. I put my shoes on, and soaked oh your shoes were soaked yes. come on come on so i you know you can't turn the light on because it's dark in there so I, I i take those off and walk out and it's just urine and vomit oh, everywhere no it was the worst thing obviously he did not he did not continue on the tour they got him a flight home the next yeah. day they're like all right so. have a good one uh-huh. uh but i asked yeah, one thing if you're the star and you do that but no <laughs> That's yeah right and the bus uh is toby keith's bus that we were on oh, and when wow. he wasn't on tour he had you know rented out yeah and I asked the driver, I was like, how bad is that? And he was like, that was about an eight. He's like, I've seen some stuff. Wow. But that was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. And this was a uh, like a Christian comedy tour, too. <laughs> so gonna, That's yeah, what you got to watch. You guys have man. All that figuring pent, out who that all was. all that pent-up energy, you know. It's crazy. It's like, you get the wrong person in an open bar, and it's, it's, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every, I think that's the thing. And I mean, again, this one one tour, but as you think about the dynamics of a band, you got to have people that are kind of on the same wavelength. You yeah. know, you got to have people that like to kind of like keep it within a certain band of behavior. You know, if you want to go to bed at eight o'clock, you shouldn't be on that bus. If you want to stay up until eight o'clock and pee on people's shoes, you probably shouldn't be on that bus, right? So somewhere in between is where you want to be. And unless you're the reason there's a tour bus, yeah, maybe go with, go yeah, go yeah. with whatever the vibe someone else sets is. That's right. the The place to act out isn't on somebody else's tour. It's at home where the ramifications are, you know, born solely by you and your. <laughs> your family yeah for sure which you probably don't have if you're ever going to be in a bunk bed situation maybe just don't drink that much yeah True. yeah like yeah. no matter where the bunk beds prison are. just like prison, be cool well camp. as you say as you say the bunk bed's not easy to get into no i, I mean and so uh you don't want to stay in hoisting shape exactly you yeah. want you want to make sure you're cool because a, a, a fall from the top bunk is non-trivial yeah yeah you and could, you never know if you're going to be close to a hospital or not. You could be in the middle of nowhere sure. driving to the next town. You pull into the, the Love's truck, truck stop. Do you have a uh, trauma surgeon on <laughs> the <laughs> property? <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of shots you guys got back there? Mm. What did you do during the day? I mean, did you all hang out? Did you explore cities, whatever the small you know, cities were? It's, it's interesting. For these, these, most of these amphitheaters are sort of on the periphery. You know, they're way out in the suburbs or they're uh, you know, next to some other kind of entertainment center. So right. the, the Oklahoma venue was at the zoo. We actually had hotels in Oklahoma because we were flying out the next morning. And so uh, we got to Oklahoma. 
I took a long, no, that was in Oklahoma. That was Kansas City. Uh, you know, what I would generally do is look for a gym. First of all, I'd, I'd wake up in the morning, go pee, go poop in the venue because you're not allowed to poop on the bus. Smart. Mm-hmm. Find coffee, eat breakfast. I read a lot. I would pull out my laptop, try to write, just stay out of the way. I would look for a gym nearby that I could walk to or I would just go take a really long walk in a park or you know an environment. There were some some places had like really cool stuff right next to it. I could just go take a walk. If I, if I can walk for ninety minutes, you know that kills a big part of the day. Yeah, gets we get some exercise, then come back, uh, eat some lunch, take a nap, find a place to shower before showtime, and then do the thing and then take off. The, also, logistics were like, okay, well, where do you shower? You shower at the venue. I didn't know there would be showers. It's like a, it's like you know athletic facilities. I did my my laundry. The one laundry day that I had was in the University of Nebraska basketball uh, gym. Nice. So it's and not a gym. It's it's the arena where they oh, play wow. in Lincoln, Nebraska, but they have like laundry facilities there. So I did, you know, like uh, eight days worth of laundry in one of these industrial sized washing machines that hold like, you know, 10x that much stuff. Touring with a rock band sounds way more chill than I thought it would be. It's like we went on walks, we did, we did, <laughs> well, we, t- we had to find showers. Like the hardest part of the day was probably finding I'm, coffee and showers. And, and just like, well, I'm 52. I thought dude. you were going mean, to have to be refusing drugs the whole time. It's no, like no, 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 no. ladies, oh, you I can't refused, come on the bus. I refuse no drugs. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I look. It's it's they're 52. It's it's you, you know I uh, I'm 52. The lead singer is I think 55, 56. Uh, the guys in the band, I think the youngest guy is almost 40 yeah but most of the guys say the average age is like 48 you know i mean everybody had a good time yeah it was very mellow a lot of good time a lot of good vibes listen to music late at night and if you're not into that you just went and got in your bed went to bed yeah i mean it was and so so it was fun but it wasn't like it wasn't like crazy crazy and some guys stayed up a lot later than other guys did you know but i i generally tapped out around 1 a.m which is uh i think for a 52 year old pretty good married guy respectable i had a few beers felt good went to bed that's what can, that's what it should be, right? Yeah, you sleep in as late as you want. You got ten hours to kill the next day. <laughs> yeah, as somebody said, the, but the Flomax kicks in around you know seven a.m. for <laughs> right. so you got to get up and uh, yeah, the you liquor know, cabinets filled with Flomax and there's, other there's, medications. There's a little, little lactate, Viagra, and Flomax. Not not Viagra. There was no yeah, right. there was no yeah. need for that on the bus. <laughs> Sticks. Sticks. Uh, oh, so the funniest the, the funny thing about doing this is the reaction that you know like so I'm fifty two. A lot of comedians on the scene here in Atlanta, are, you know. 25 right you know and they'd be like oh you're opening for the sticks the sticks oh, no <laughs> that's my that's my dad's favorite band yeah, yeah. i got a lot of that they're like we know yeah. this is cool like, is just, that don just, henley is that yeah. that one? Oh my god can you imagine opening for uh, Ooh, yeah. uh, how the, how old are the sticks guys if ed roland's 55 I, I think uh they're like 68 70 okay yeah, they're yeah i think you know some of the members are younger so sticks is one of these bands that's been around since like 1968 like it started in Chicago, like in the late '60s, I believe, and were and some of their first hits were probably like '72. Biggest hits were like '72, '73, and then they probably hit their. I guess you think about it, their peak was like from '77 to like '84, and um, they had. There's this VH1 behind the music that tells the story about how the, like the two main guys were Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung, and eventually Dennis had to leave the band for whatever reason, political behavior or whatever. Um, and so there's guy like uh, one other guy died. So there's a different drummer. There's um, one other guy is not as well as he as as otherwise. So there's a different bass player. And so there's you know been been substitute people come in that that have been with a band for I think the shortest member is like like 
12 years or something. So they've been playing together a long time, yeah, but it's together. not like the original members. So some of the long way of saying some of the guys that play with the band are younger than, than, than uh, 68. Right. Sure. And so as a comedian, I want to know when you're open, when you're doing an event that's weird like that, yeah. normally you have to just open with something that's like, Hey, isn't this weird? Or Hey, <laughs> did you write any sticks or collective soul material? Or how was, how did you approach it as a comedian Very, knowing you were going to be in a tough spot at the beginning of those shows? Well, from a craft perspective you, you're asking the exact right question and i think if we're going to do it again i'd put a lot more energy into this yeah. but but um i think the first show i tried to make it about my material and every show since after that it was how do how do you make it about them mm -hmm. how do you make it about the crowd about the evening about the experience how do you remind them that this is a concert we're here to celebrate covid's not over but you know we're free ish and um so I went to the crowd to, you know, like who's seen sticks the most time? How do you pronounce Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that to try to bring them into it and yeah. let them know that like, I, you know, like, and also remind them, I'm just going to be up here a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so don't. Right. So, so you hate it. It's here. almost over. It's a, if it's, you just launch into your set, they're like, oh, he's doing the whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't know how long this S is. Somebody sent me this YouTube clip of Al Franken and Tom Davis, who are like old school Saturday Night Live guys, doing a bit about how they, it's actually them backstage with the Grateful Dead from like 1980. And, oh, wow. and they went out on, and of course they're alienating everybody in the band and, you know, ma making it really awkward. And then they go out on stage and go, we're just going to do an hour up front. And the crowd was like, boo. And they're like, listen, if you don't stop taking, making noise, we're going to have to get off stage and the band's going to come up here and play and the crowd yeah. is nuts. <laughs> anyway, it was really funny. It's funny. That's great. Is that uh, something that's going to keep happening? Uh, at this point, no, but but uh, potentially. No, nobody has said it won't. Nobody has said it will. Okay. I feel like, I mean, a couple years, you won't be able to see a, a, a rock show without seeing Paul up there. I think it's all about finding, like, if, if that's the model. And it's funny because I think about this. I go, like, I could find a comedian that would be a perfect fit for almost every band. True. Mm. Yeah. You know, like. What is Andrew's band? Oh, gosh. Um it's Something that really in instrumental. The it's postal the, service. Yeah, it, it, there's a <laughs> like so. I don't know. I think Enya would not, be nice. It's it's not Bonavere acoustic set. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 the Death Cab for Cutie side project. It's, yeah. You, yeah. Something really dry and ironic. I think. Uh, right, right, right. Understated, really understated. Mm -hmm. But no, you know, there's 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 an energy for for every musician. There is a uh, comedian for every audience. You know what? Um, What's the guy's name? Who's the liberal redneck? Um, Trey. Trey. Uh, what's, what's Crowder? Trey Crowder. Trey Crowder. Yeah. Super funny. He was opening for Jason Isbell for a long oh, time. Oh yeah. I was That's like, great. oh, that makes tons of sense. Right. Yeah. You know, great, smart. Nobody's going to go see Jason Isbell unless they're really into like music, like well-written music. And they also know he's a liberal. He's a yeah. damn liberal. <laughs> so that it's a perfect fit for him, right? Yeah, true. You know? And so, so you know, you think about well, who would be your band? Who would be your band? Who would you? Who would you put your? If you could put yourself with any band, who would it be? Oh gosh, who do I think I would do well with, or who do I want to go on the road with? Or either either with, one, both. Tell me the answer to both those questions. Oh, I think I could open for the Goo Goo Dolls. I think that, I can see that. You got Goo Goo vibes. I think the Goo Goo Dolls is my demographic. Their fans, you know, would 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 love me. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I would. I would. Uh, Demand the big room on the bus. Sure, I think. I think Johnny, sure Johnny, Johnny Resnick Johnny would deal be with fine him. with yeah, that. Yeah, why yeah. not? Uh, I don't know though. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, w I would need a lot of time to. Make I, a I list. feel like my throwback. Like I saw Jimmy World open for Third Eye Blind, mm. which I just adore them both as you know standard white guy. You know, I just like yeah. born with those songs in my head. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be my vibe. Yeah, 
You might step in. Those some are kind more of my people. Urine and puke on the third eye blind tour. Yeah, possibly. maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of bros with the third eye blind bassist on um are on you? Instagram. So trying to get in a little. Are bit those guys well. out there right now? Uh, I th- I don't know. I think they're doing like a couple random shows here mm-hmm. and there, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're like doing a big tour. I, I think music is just coming back, and, and there's a lot more uh, fixed cost of going on the road as a band than there is as a comedian. So I think the music stuff is going to come back a little bit slower than comedy. Yeah, and I think as a comedian going on tour with a band. That removes what's so sad about going on tour as a comedian, right? Because being usually, by yourself, usually about being by yourself in these small towns, and you're like, true. People are like, I either will become a sex addict or an alcoholic. Let's, right. you know, roll yeah. the dice. Yeah, because uh, you Sometimes have no community. Both. But yeah. now you're traveling, and you have this great community, and you got pals. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, that is that is the advantage of a band over a stand-up comedian for sure is the camaraderie and being with people. But also. Yeah. I also like being by myself a lot too. So right. I'm sure they yeah. they wish like I wish I could go on the road by myself. But you know, I, you know the balance. The bunks on the bus were actually kind of like I'm I'm, I'm popping my bees there. But the bunks on the bus were actually kind of like sensory deprivation things. If you like being, it's it's more you have more privacy than you might think. You yeah. Have. Mm-hmm. If you just go in there and it's dark and there's a lot of white noise back there, and so you could read and just kind of like be by yourself a lot more than and it, what's what is a walk but being by yourself. While getting exercise, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so, I remember sleeping fantastic on that thing. Like once I got used to it, yeah. After a weekend, I was like, "Oh, I actually really like this." Right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's 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 weird to be away from your family for that long, but surprisingly, they they did fine without me. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I think I uh, I wouldn't want to do that for like months at a time for sure. You know, but like for almost two weeks, it was pretty cool. Huge. Yeah. Have you done sensory deprivation stuff? No, I haven't. I, I think did. I've been in one of those tanks before. Yeah. I did a, uh, <laughs> this is so bad, just like three years ago after a breakup, and then there, I got like an email that was like the float tank, you seen those? Yeah. Just like super, like the saltiest water, if you touch your eyes, you're going to like die. Yeah, it's you like gotta, you can't, you just like lose all your sensation, you kind of feel like you're just floating. Yeah. Groupon, Groupon was targeting ads on Facebook yeah, to, like, to the newly, exactly. you they saw me post some like, they saw me listening to Bon Iver or <laughs> Would you, like, yeah. like, yeah, right. Would you like to stop feeling things? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, come on down to our chamber. You'd be kind of dead for an hour. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I goes in Inman Park. This, the sweet, the sweetest, like probably almost seventy year old woman, like just super hippie vibe. She was so excited I was there. No one else was there in this whole little office. Um, and walking me through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying. It, it was pushing it for me to like. She was just very new age and, and yeah. you know mystical, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like. Yeah, tell me whatever you want to tell me, then I'm going to get in this thing and see what's up. So I, I go in there, float for an hour. You, you don't know how long it is, which is the craziest part to me. I was like, has it been 10 minutes or yeah. like is the hour? That's up? like meditation. So yeah, it's strange. Um, but I couldn't turn my brain off. Like I thought more than I normally would. Which really? Is she telling oh, you? that's interesting. My brain was going insane. Was she telling you like, hey, you need to try to turn your brain off? Once yeah, you and that, that was the goal is to just like completely relax and slow your brain down, all this stuff. So I, <laughs> I got out of there, do the shower. She was so excited. And she's like, how was it? Did you love it? And I was like, I'm going to text my ex-girlfriend. Like I had decided. Oh, and she no. was like, she's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. A lot of people say that. Yeah. But, but that's I, what I, I decided in there. And she was like, you did not do this correctly, whatever you did. Oh, and, then, no. and then she walked out of the other room. And she was, she was just <laughs> like, I'm going to call my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it was a big prank so, show. It was great. Oh, man. So, so you didn't find it relaxing then? Uh no, not at all. But I was I was not in a good headspace. Where are you most relaxed? Like where do you find yourself like with a, with a, the as blank a mind as possible? This is getting dangerous, dangerously close to therapy, and I love it. Yeah. Um, 
Oof. I don't. I don't know. I've I have been walking every morning, like for at least an hour, mm-hmm. and listening to books, which I've never really done. Yeah. And that that has kind of zinned me out a little bit mm. for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really had that kind of exercise, but not like intense exercise. Right. You know, not like running or CrossFit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been very good for my brain. Yeah. So maybe that, I don't know. What about you? I think it's going to be the deprivation chamber I'm in. I think <laughs> I can turn it? my brain <laughs> off so well. I don't, it's not even that big of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. I know. I, my a lot of times I look is. at you and I'm like, is there anything going it's on? It's already almost <laughs> off. Like if there's a nozzle that you would twist like to turn up volume, mine is like right before it clicks to yeah. the off You're part. just permanently sundowning. To yeah. turn down volume in your brain? Yeah. Really? Your brain's not busy? Uh, <laughs> not all the time. I think a lot of times it's not, but uh, when too, it is, so, it is. That must be why you he, write you can such tell good jokes. The way I'm answering this question should let you know <laughs> no, I would imagine, how active I, my brain funny. is. I, I, think, I, think, I think a lot of comedians have like overly busy brains. Yeah. I, I mean, I, my brain is, man, it is on nine all the time. Same. Me analyzing time. everything. It just thinking about it, like, you know, what, 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 where's the new joke? Why, doesn't, why hasn't the world noticed yet? When I'm standing in yeah. front of seven thousand people, <laughs> why are why are there only seven thousand <laughs> of you here right now? Right, why why don't you? You know, it's it's like you just can't stop it. Ed said, Ed 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 and I have spent a lot of time together. We travel sometimes together with our families, and he's like, when he saw me perform the first few times, he's like, you're more relaxed on stage than you are off stage. Wow. And I was like, that is a horrible thing to say to someone. Yeah, <laughs> but do you feel that though? Do you think I that's kind of true? Broken. I no, it's it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, I guess when I'm off stage, I'm thinking about like how do I do it when I was, and when I'm on stage, I'm just trying to do. I'm just it, it, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm in the moment because like I, I'd like to be in the I'm in the moment right now. I'm just talking to you guys. Yeah. Like this is relaxed and fun, but like I don't. I, I wish I could be more in the moment every day in my life. Well, that's the thing about doing stand-up is you are in the moment. You're forced to be, unless you're just on autopilot doing old material. But what also, are you saying? What are you trying to say? But also, you're yeah, yeah. So, Paul, that's why we want to talk to you today. Uh, but also, you I would think be the first Atlanta about, comedian to say that to me recently. <laughs> oh no! But I think you are in control too when you're on stage. Like, there's this kind of comfortable control. Yeah. At least how I feel. That like, even if you're bombing, this you, is the way I feel comfortable and in control. Mm. Where usually. If I'm in control, I might not be, feel as comfortable. Or if I'm comfortable, it might be because I don't have to be in control. But for some reason, mm-hmm. on stage, when it's when it's going well, mm-hmm. it feels like you're in control and it's comfortable, which is a are you nice conscious? Place to are be. you conscious of that when like are you thinking in your head like I'm in control right now, or, or is that just something you feel? When it's going great, I think yeah, you think man, I could say anything right now. Yes, yeah, people right. would just go with me. Right. Uh, and that's, and that's when you try. That's your, when I'm going to begin my cult. Finally, <laughs> that's when you try. Like, I'm going to push the edges at this church show, and then you're like, you're not, you're not. Well, that control. does happen too. You get too comfortable up there, and you're like, you know what? I think I could do that joke. I wasn't going to do here at First Baptist of something. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say the H word. I'm going to say it. The no, H word. Yeah, I might that's really hilarious. try the H word or the the B word. Beer. Uh, beer. <laughs> going to do that joke where I mention beer and see if I can get that way. Mm. Uh, yeah, but. Well, that's so awesome. Well, how can people follow along with you? What do you got going on coming up? We're releasing this on Thursday because uh, we uh, are. That's we, why I got the the email, the text today because you're a young one. Uh, yeah, we're we're <laughs> new at podcasting and quickly learning. We need to start backlogging some episodes. Yeah, backlogging is good. I'm I'm also uh, not as backlogged as I as I'd like to be. Uh, the the anybody who's interested in podcasts can can follow Crazy Money uh, on the on the podcast apps. My website is paulollinger.com. 
O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. I feel like I should be like funnyguypaul.com because <laughs> no. Ollinger is such a terrible name to spell. It's it's you, baby. But I think I know, and that's why I would never do it. Right. right. But but somebody posted one of the shows like, here's comedian Paul Chandler, you know, performing in Oklahoma. And I like texted the guy. I was like, I really appreciate you posting my photo on Instagram, but it's not <laughs> that's not it at all. <laughs> and yeah. he was and and he was t- totally cool that he changed it. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for telling us everything. This is just the worst exit ever. Thanks for telling us everything <laughs> yeah. that you told us. You, uh, yeah. I think you are. Well, you're successful in in so many ways, which is what's interesting to me. Oh, thanks, dude. As like like you had, you know, multiple careers. You got a great family. Um, you you look great with no hair. Thank I'm you. Go back to that. Thank you. Living the dream. Well, you guys keep doing this. You're really funny together, and I think uh, the world needs more energy like yours. What is your email sign-off when you are uh, signing off of an email? My, e- you mean what's, what's your my go-to? Signature? Your signature. Like ours is no worries if not. And that's kind of how. Oh, we... Oh, you mean like like best? Comma, thank you. You mean my email sign-off? Yeah. yeah. Like what do you say? Email? Yeah. yeah. It says listen to my interview with LL Cool J. <laughs> oh, a flex. Listen to Paul's. Episode no matter who you're talking to, <laughs> yeah. you're talking to. Yeah. Sometimes I'll reply you know, to my wife in an email and I'll leave it in there. She's like, "You really don't need to." Your kids, that in there. Your, yeah. your kids' teacher. I know. I know you interviewed LL Cool. Yeah. yeah. You don't you're have like to filing an insurance claim, and then you're like, "Also, listen to this." That's great. <laughs> well, I'll tell my dad that he did not make the cut for your email. I please give your dad my best. He was but, a great, great interview. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Paul. Appreciate it. Right on. No.